I've never been more hyped in a movie my whole life. Okay. And I was like, it was literally me and my friends at three in the afternoon, two weeks after it came out, when I called both of the big surprises. If you haven't seen it, get with the times. Get with the times. That's what I'm going to say. Um, when before even Thor steps on the battlefield, I look over to my friend. I'm like, he's going to do wield Stormbreaker yeah, yeah, yeah. and Mjolnir. And when he does it, I'm like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> when, um, you know, when they're beating up Thanos and you see Thor get absolutely mollywopped mm-hmm. and like Mjolnir falls down, I look over at my friend. I'm like, Captain America's gonna pick it up. Captain America's gonna pick it up. And when he picks it up, I'm like, oh! Like it's just, it's one of the best <laughs> conclusions to a movie of all time. I got so much going on. What's hurting? I don't want no sympathy. I'm so close. Did it all up on my own. I broke curses. Should I drown in misery or keep going for it? I've been questioning the world like what's certain. I can tell you what's real, so don't fall for it. Spending hundreds every day like I'm splurging. But the money root of all, I got numb to it. And it's take fleece for the whole week. Flipping balls of the tree, but I know that I want more. Remember Coach Priest, bad on cold feet. If I want to succeed, gotta go and just run for it. Cheap thrill, trees and nightmare, there's no meat meal. These fails, pay attention to the detail. These Good morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome to the Amateur Expertise Podcast, where I, your host, Ben Malloy, will peer into people's passions and get to know these amateur experts and why they pursue the passions they do. The song you just heard is I Don't Even Know by Rye, a local artist from Cincinnati. He can be found on all major platforms under the name Rye, R-H-Y. Go check out his music if you want to support local artists. Welcome back to the Amateur Expertise Podcast. I am your host, Ben Malloy, and I'm here with my very good and beautiful friend, Caleb Garcher. Hello. You are a self-proclaimed a motorcyclist, a music extraordinaire, <laughs> and film file, and uh, attendee of the University of Akron. Indeed. Thanks for being here. Uh, you're one of my favorite people. Thanks and for I'm having me. I'm glad that we could chop it up here in my basement. What would you say is your favorite form or favorite form of art or art form is? Um, I think personally the best way to convey art would probably be movies. Um, movies, okay. Which is a pretty cliche answer, but I think it's obvious to me why. Like it, it conveys the most with the the least, right? Like you get, you get music, you get writing, you get visual stimulus. Like you get all the big cats in one kahuna. Mm, um, okay yeah i like that I also i also think books are cool though too because with so little you get everybody gets to in a sense create their own form of art where especially in fiction you get your own form of visual or auditory you get to pick how people sound or how right. scapes look in your eyes to an extent obviously mm-hmm. so you think due to all of the sensory components of a movie that movies and films are kind of the apex yeah, of com- artistic it expression. It combines everything. It combines music. It combines literacy. It combines, uh, yeah. Okay, that's a really good answer. I actually didn't even think about that. But, you know, talking about, like, your passion for art, what do you feel like, what about movies speaks to you? Like, what moves you kind of about movies in general? Um, like, what draws me to a movie? Yeah, like, well, like what continues, you know, because when I asked you, like, what your favorite art form is, you said movies in a way that, like, it seems that all of these different sensory um, artistic expressions speak to you on a deeper level in mm-hmm. some cases. 
And so what would those deeper levels be, you know? Because if you just mildly enjoy something, you would inherently feel passionate about it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what is that deeper level that you kind of connect with movies about? Uh, I enjoy movies that do what they do well. Um, oh, okay. Where it's like you could have – I think there's a lot of movies that get clowned on because they're just kind of corny. Or okay. Because they're funny, but, like, sometimes they'll know they're corny or they're funny. Uh, like I think in Nacho Libre, yep. Napoleon Dynamite, where yep. it's, you know, you just enjoy it. You go to watch a movie for quote unquote good time. It's yep. like, this is a dumb movie. Oh yeah. But it knows it's dumb and it mm. does it well. Yes. Uh, but then on the other side of the spectrum, you have movies that do less with more and can convey, uh, like deep articulate meaning through visual and like music and body language communication like it's it's directed well and the scene is put together well so you can understand a lot without being overstimulated i.e like having somebody just verbally explain what's going on like a narrator okay. type of thing okay if that makes any sense okay um i a simpler answer just be like I, movies that mirror life well okay or can talk about life in a context of a parable like you look at um Ooh, okay uh, this is just biblical because I'm Christian. Uh, like Jesus talks a lot in parables in his teachings because um, it allows the viewer or the hearer in that instance to derive a lot of meaning from it in a way that would be applicable to more than one generation. Mm. Where it's like if he was just like, yeah, don't eat bread. It's like, okay, that applies to people who eat bread, but what about those who don't eat bread? Or does that make any sense? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Where it's like if – if the movie is done well, it could convey meaning that can be derived from multiple generations or multiple people groups in different contexts where it's like, it's not just catered to one type of persons. Okay. And it can be enjoyed by different people for different reasons. Mm. Okay. So you feel like movies, like you had said before, are kind of the apex of art and that like to mirror life. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. And Or, or just okay. talk about life and some form or the other which i guess is all movies it sounds like you want a very meaningful experience I, like yeah. like when watching like even if it's a comedy you want it to be somewhat meaningful yeah not always though like i mean one of my favorite movies is talladega nights which oh. lacks the most amount of meaning possible potentially i mean <laughs> i guess you could you could really strangle that how to get some meaning let's think about this it. how much satire do you think there is about the nascar scape and that sort of culture that's true that is one of my favorite things about comedy is when somebody can take a reference so specific mm -hmm. and use that in their comedy. Like, I think it's hilarious. Like, yeah. one of my favorite memes that I've ever seen is um, – this isn't for everyone, but it's like um, – it's titled The Myth of Musical Enjoyment. And it's two people side by side, and they say, I enjoyed this album. Oh, I really enjoyed this album. And then it's a picture of Anthony Fantano, and it says, did you forget to ask somebody? Because oh, yeah. it just goes dives, dives deep into this world of music critique and like people that are really snobs about mm -hmm. uh, pretty much everything, but specifically with music. It's like implying that Anthony Fantano, this music reviewer, is some sort of gatekeeper to that you liking something and right. it's such a specific and nuanced idea that when people can make comedy of it i think it's hilarious yeah um that's awesome though and so talking about movies reflecting life and having meaning and substance who would you say i guess is your favorite film maker but more specifically director uh Corny answers obviously are Tarantino. I really like Quentin Tarantino, like Martin Scorsese. Okay, yeah. Uh, Those aren't corny answers. 
they're cliche answers. I feel like I don't a lot care. Of people like this. Okay, fair enough. Uh, the Cohen brothers. I really like them. Okay. Um, those are probably the top three. Okay. If you had to flip a coin, Scorsese or Tarantino, who are you going with? I've seen more Tarantino, and I enjoy his movies more. I mm. think. Dude, he's got some great ones. Some bangers. Dude, I mean, Inglorious Bastards is classic. Amazing. Django. Classic. That movie is so good. It's also just incredibly funny. It is incredibly funny. As it shouldn't be, but it I've, really I've is. never seen this is coming from a straight white guy. I've never seen go. more racism in a movie spun to be satirical in a way that's not like on the nose, super just uncomfortable. Right. Right. Like it's it still is pretty uncomfortable oh, at yeah. times, but it's oh, still, yeah. it's just so funny. Oh. It's very good. Yeah, like even the scene when uh uh, spoiler, Django just kind of wins the day. Mm-hmm. But when he's shooting up the joint and... It's uh, so over the top. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like pistols make people <laughs> go flying and it's just it's blood and gore galore. Dude, and then when the dude that's dying on the floor, he says, De Django, and he goes like, the D is silent, hillbilly, and then just blows his head off. <laughs> exactly. So or how, Or the fact that Samuel Jackson is one of the most oh. aggravating... Uh, characters yeah. in any film. Oh yeah, and he's a, oh, just yeah. the most racist person. Oh yeah. Um, so what's going in the direction, like kind of pivoting towards like Quentin and his films. Uh, when I kind of asked you before about some of these, like some of your favorite art, you had said before that Hateful Eight, probably your favorite film by him. Would you say? I think so. That or Inglorious Bastards. Mm, okay. I think they're both written very well. Um, yeah, like Tarantino has a lot of quote unquote Tarantinoisms, if mm. you know what I mean. Okay, uh, like i.e. feet shots. He does love it. He <laughs> does love him some foots. Right. Uh, there's the one of the like the camera will be at a center of a table in conversation, and it kind of slowly spins from like people in the conversation to other people. Mm. Uh, but both of those movies do a really good job of like, Inglorious Bastards less so because it moves around a lot, but hatefully especially because it's like it's mostly shot in the one cabin. It mm. is mostly dialogue, mm. and it is still an incredibly, like, it captures you the whole movie. Like, you're not exactly on the edge of your seat, but you're not, like, snoozing because it's right. just talking. Right. It's like, it does, the writing is, I think, fantastic, especially in Inglorious Bastards. I just think the writing is so mm-hmm. funny. Dude, watching Brad Pitt, like, just scrape by the bare minimum that entire time he's in that gala yeah. is just so funny. He's like, buongiorno, signores. And he... Gorlami. <laughs> so, like, in talking about Hateful Eight and Inglorious Bastards, I guess whichever one is your favorite, like, what do you feel like? Because, well, to preface, like, I think we can all agree that directors have a certain flair or style to the films that they're making mm-hmm. what do you feel like these films specifically exemplify the essence of his films does that make sense maybe so like what about these films make them his films yes okay yeah that's a better way of putting it yeah uh they do like i said the shot construction i think is one of the big things mm-hmm. um i think his storytelling and the way that he moves through the story is also very akin to just like if you watch his other movies very similar mm-hmm. um he's a big dialogue guy big following narratives less so than characters i feel like where it's like characters okay. are a part of the story but it's not the story oh They're interesting kind of moving through it if that makes sense yeah like especially yeah. in glorious bastards there's okay. literally only like two people 
that we would call the quote unquote protagonist that survives. Mm-hmm. Like everybody else dies. Right. Um, and Pulp Fiction yeah, too. Big, big spoiler. Yeah, exactly. It's more so just characters moving through a narrative. Right. Uh, oh, that makes so much sense. Occasionally though, like occasionally you'll like stick with characters. It's not so much about character development, but you can see character de- like a uh, Colonel Hans Landa, who's like the kind of main mm-hmm. antagonist in glorious bastards. You kind of find out at the end that he's not actually, uh, he is evil for different reasons other than he's just super anti-Semitic. It's just right. like he cares only about himself, mm-hmm. whereas his motive is just self-preservation, where it's like at the beginning he's really good at his job because it's what like he needs to do to survive, where he's like, I'm quite fond of my name, you know, the Jew Hunter, because yeah. I've earned it. And then at the very end he's like, I hate that name. He's like, it's barbaric and all this stuff. And so it's like he's not actually doing what he does to like because he enjoys it or because he's evil it's like he's doing what he's doing to need to survive in the situation that he's in Mm -hmm. and there's like all sorts of little narrative tweaks like that throughout his movies just on people and on the way that people interact with each other and just how weird coincidence like pulp fiction is Mm. just a bunch of coincidences that tie together to a really wonky movie it's so wonky it's like it feels like the whole movie is a fever dream when especially when you just remember the different pieces of it like the ending doesn't even feel like the end to that movie like well i think because they go what's the ending of the movie like they go to that one dude's house and it's quentin tarantino Uh and they blow his head up and they're like accidentally accidentally right and then they the whole time they're carrying the suitcase and you have no idea what's in it yeah and you never find out what do you think is in the suitcase Dude, I really don't know. I really want it to be something supernatural. Like, I've seen a lot of different answers. Uh, I've seen a lot of theories that it's, um, who is their boss? Marcellus Wallace. Yeah, I heard it was theories that it's Wallace's soul. Dude, that's my favorite one. I like that one a lot. I do also like that one, because then that just takes, like, the zaniness of the movie to a whole nother oh, level. Sure. Like, you're carrying around somebody's essence. Yeah. I think that's a really cool idea, in my opinion. But, okay, dude. That were, those were some baller answers. I love how you just dive into these topics and you just ask questions to yourself that I don't even need to. It's amazing. Uh, <laughs> you're so, you're one of the most conversational people, and that's why I wanted to have you on here. Um, I, I credit my good friend Eli Nisley. Um, <clears throat> we're both big cinema addicts, and he's put me on to a lot of good ideas around mm. movies and what makes movies good. Didn't he go to college of scripts for journalism at OU, or is that yeah, a different guy? OU. Okay, oh yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Dude, he's he's a big smart guy. Who names their cat Bob? <laughs> Bobcat. Yeah, there you go. We get there. <laughs> That's funny. All right, well, all this film talk, you got to give me top five films of all time. You got uh, it. Mm. You can start with no specific order, and then we can rank them. Yeah, I don't know. So, obviously, I think Talladega Nights makes it up there. Top five? Top five. Top five movies easy, of all time easy. you can, okay all right all hey, right man. all you, right you brought me on here <laughs> um top talladega nights i think um i gotta put no country for old men up there i've never seen that but i'll put coen brothers okay. that's a big one no um country. i think inglorious bastards okay silence by martin scorsese oh okay Scorsese, however you want to pronounce it was that four solzay uh, three. That's three. No, that's four. Talladega Bastards. Silence, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Talladega Nights. Glorious. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, No Country, and then I don't even know. If, mm, You're not put, there's so many that could fit that final slot. You're not gonna put Hateful Eight. I mean, Hateful Eight's good. We'll put it on there. 
Okay. I don't know if I want to put two Tarantinos, though. You can. He's your favorite, isn't he? Yeah. I guess that's fair. Okay. Yeah. So we got Talladega Nights, old, old Country for Old no Men. No Country for Old Men. <laughs> there you go. Old Country for Old, old Men. Old Country for Old Men. They wish. Uh, <laughs> uh, Silence and Glorious Bastards and mm-hmm. Hateful Eight. All right. Give me who's number five. Uh, Hateful Eight. Mm, uh, okay. Hateful All right. Eight. Who's four? I don't think it is. No way! What are the other ones? No Country for Old Men. You're Holiday killing Nights, me right Glorious now. Glorious Bastards. Silence. Uh, I gotta... Yeah, it's gotta be Talladega Nights. Four? Okay, four. all right, all right, all right. Shocked it wasn't five. All right, you, you got... Mm, you got No Country, Silence, and Inglorious. I think Inglorious gets three. Okay. No Country gets two. Silence goes first. Whoa! You've been telling me to watch Silence. I have been. We've been to trying to make silence. a movie night out of it. And we just haven't gotten around to it. That's all right. I'm a big believer in Silence. <laughs> okay, there it is. So Silence, your favorite movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Second is No Country for Old Men. Third is Inglorious Bastards. Fourth is Talladega Nights. Mm-hmm. Five is Hateful Eight. Yeah, three and two are pretty interchangeable. Okay, that's fair. For me, so I, I was gonna say, let me hear your top five. I'm curious to see where you're at. Right. Well, so. I mean, I also agree with you in saying that art, I think, is the best when it reflects the specific nuances of life Mm -hmm. and just what it means to be a human. And so films that make me feel are my favorite. Yeah. So, like, emotional films I think are really good. Those are good. Okay. So, I'm going to try – I'm going to go no specific and then I'll rank them. Yeah. Ford versus Ferrari. I'm going to egregiously yell at your list, by the way, depending on how good or bad it is. Okay, Ford versus Ferrari. Good, good answer. Um, That movie is amazing. Hot take. Christian Bale's performance is better than Batman. Ooh. Um, Might be. I'm going to put Silver Linings Playbook on there. Mm. Have you seen that? I have not. Oh. Ford versus... I'm a car idiot, and most people con on Ford versus Ferrari because it's not super true to... I mean... Like you can't tell me that movie just doesn't make you cry though. Oh my goodness, it's such a good movie. Like the whole dude. I'm not out here trying to say that Ford versus Ferrari really captures the essence of racing, and but it does enough. It does enough to make it feel real, and it does a good enough job telling the story to the tr- like. Because the bad, the annoying part is, is most of it is true. Yeah. Like especially the ending with how he died. Ah uh, yeah, dude, and that's what I feel like sometimes makes the best stories is things that don't feel conclusive mm-hmm. and it's like it doesn't get the ending you want it to get no um which is super not how it yeah dude yeah i don't need like i'm not out here saying that Ford vs ferrari is the best racing movie that's not at all the argument i'm making but the conflict between all the characters that's what makes a story versus mr ford that one random idiot agent that is the liaison between shelby and ford and, and then asshat yeah and then christian bale's character like they're all like in conflict with each other but want the same goal but in like but not really yeah and they're all like their conflict interpersonal conflict is my favorite thing it's just awesome all right perks of being a wallflower Mm. that's on there have you seen that i'm not oh my gosh it's so good um lamp three uh i gotta think I'm gonna put Endgame on there. Really, dude. Here, that's gonna take up a spot on the emotional movie list. 
I've never been more hyped in a movie. I've never been more hyped in a movie my whole life. And I was like, it was literally me and my friends at three in the afternoon, two weeks after it came out. When I called both of the big surprises, if you haven't seen it, get with the times. Get with the times. That's what I'm going to say. When before even Thor steps on the battlefield, I look over to my friend. I'm like, he's going to do a wheel Stormbreaker and Mjolnir. And when he does it, I'm like, oh! <laughs> when, um, you know, when they're beating up Thanos and you see Thor get absolutely mollywopped mm-hmm. and like Mjolnir falls down, I look over at my friend. I'm like, Captain America's going to pick it up. Captain America's going to pick it up. And when he picks it up, I'm like, oh! Like, it's just, it's one of the best <laughs> conclusions to a movie of all time besides Lord of the Rings Return of the King. Mm. Is that the fifth one? Mm hmm. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Really? They're I, all amazing. I super would have thought you would put Green Mile on there. I've never seen it. What? Yeah. Oh, on the emotional movie tier list, that's got to be top three. <laughs> that's got to be. Top well, it's three. not an emotional movie list. It's just my yes, list. Yes, it is. <laughs> Fine. You're right. It is. No. Um, I thought you were going to say it wasn't an emotional movie. Okay, two. I jumped the shark. Um, three. Oh, wait. I still have one more, don't I? You said Lord of the Rings, Endgame, Perks of Being a Wallflower, Ford vs. Ferrari. Oh, no. This is it? Uh, what's the fifth? Okay. Are you ready? Uh-huh. I think I have... Yeah. Okay, this is Spartan. it. Return of the King, number one. Okay. Endgame, number two. Wow. Perks of Being a Wallflower, number three. Okay. Silver Linings, number four. Ford vs. Ferrari number five. I really have nothing to say about that list because it's totally personal and art is subjective to the viewer. So. So you weren't gonna yell. So you aren't gonna yell at me like if you said you were. If they were bad, I was. But. Okay. What's a? It's like if I put Fast and Furious five through eleven on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been a little peeved. <laughs> you dork. Uh, um, dude. No, that's fair. Um, going back to what you said earlier, you talked about you're a really big fan of when art can reflect life and you know i kind of before you came on here i like kind of asked you some feeler questions about yeah. what what are you a big fan of and you gave me six answers but they're all kind of the same mm. tell me about that but so you said religion and philosophy music and art nature and cosmos mm. now i don't think those are all interdependent as you would probably agree yes and it's so like they're liked by one person <laughs> and so that's what you would believe then what that all of those are tied to one person how do you mean no i mean i just mean like one person generally people generally don't enjoy things because it's the thing itself it'll be something that it like evokes in them right or that it does to them right what do we, adrenaline junkies don't enjoy racing because they enjoy racing they enjoy it because adrenaline it's the same reason that they could enjoy skydiving and mountain biking and other dangerous activities for the same reason it's not necessarily because it's like man it's just i really enjoy base jumping mm-hmm. I don't know. yeah it's adrenaline that they actually like okay do you feel like in our experience as humans do you think music and art are derivative of religion and philosophy or nature and cosmos? And then, yeah, but I'll let you answer that. 
depending on what I follow. Yes. Okay. I think it can be both. Okay. Like, I mean, I think you can have movies that are philosophical. Uh, I think you can have movies that are religious. Granted, I think most quote-unquote religious movies are not done well. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, that's a whole different conversation, uh, though. The coolest one is about some of the worst parts of religion. Yeah. Like yes. that one with Orlando Bloom. Exactly. The one or, about the Crusades is a great movie. Yeah. Uh, Silence. Silence is a religious film that I think is done very well and is a narrative and dis- deconstruction of Christianity in a very healthy and good way because it's done by somebody who understands movie and not just a televangelist with a big movie budget. Mm. Um, Quick side note, I wasn't saying that the Crusader movie with Orlando Bloom was a good representation of Christianity. I was just saying it's a cool action <laughs> flick. No, for sure. That horribly, horribly misrepresents it. <laughs> um, and I'm not knocking like any of those other movies. I think they have their purpose, but I think if you're watching them for like a a movie's reason it's like i think you're just gonna get more of a video sermon than anything else right it feels more like an advertisement rather than a piece of art yeah uh like in my eyes i always laugh at uh god's not dead because <laughs> if like the whole point I is hate to, that movie. if the whole point is to evangelize to atheists making the main antagonists atheists and just making that character like an asshole not gonna do a super good job of converting atheists i feel like in most the characters just also don't have any depth none None. Uh, they just don't. But yeah. Anyways, uh, circling back, I feel like movies can do both. Like it's not okay. mutually exclus- exclusive. Yeah. No, that's fair. I think I would agree with that because I feel like some people look at nature and cosmos and thus religion is, you know, developed from that. And uh, same with music and art or some people would observe uh like religion and philosophy mm-hmm. and thus develop music and art and thus their interpretation for the nature and the cosmos yeah. because of that i think it is interesting we do live in a i heard a term and i don't remember what it, i think it's, it wasn't hyper realism hyper something okay but talking about how originally like art mirrored life where it's like mm. eh, when tv and movies and music and things first came out is it, it was like you saw like love flicks that were like an interpretation of what we interpreted love in real life as and so and so on and so forth uh but now we're in such a stimulated era where we see so much uh media okay and other things where we base our life off of what we see in art so it's like we try to mirror art in our real life rather than art mirroring our life yeah that's so interesting especially in this like i mean probably since the industrial revolution really like or early 1900s like we've been in this age of consumerism mm-hmm. where as very young age like you were saying that we are exposed to music and art that reflects life yeah. and we as kids get inspired by that and we're like we want our life to reflect that mm-hmm. rather than going out and observing the world and being like oh i want to make something about what i just saw mm. i think that's so interesting right. to think about that which i think is it's it has its ups and downs obviously like everything does where it's it's cool because it does what art is supposed to do which art is supposed to move you to you know feel some type of thing invoke some type of emotion or invoke an action or a response of some sort sure uh, but there is a degree <laughs> to where that becomes unhealthy. Right. That does make sense because I feel like when you observe pieces of art that you can't relate to, mm-hmm. it's just like, okay, sure, this exists. But and sometimes you don't even need to relate it. You could just sympathize with it or mm. whatever it is. Like I, I saw something that is a study talking about like a lot of people don't enjoy music for the specific notes that are played or whatever it may be. 
but a lot of it could be cultural or also uh, tied to an emotional event in their life. Or if you hear a song during a specific season or something, uh, like that could influence your opinion on the actual movie. So again, how it's tied to emotion and what it evokes within you. Mm. So, yeah, I definitely think that art is supposed to be emotive. Uh, I think finding objectivity in it is silly, mm-hmm. even though we totally just did like a top five list. Uh, but it really it's a subjective it, list, though. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if you think the Lego Batman movie is the best movie of all time, then mm. it's really dependent. You're probably wrong. I don't know. Have you seen the Lego? <laughs> oh no, not the Lego Batman movie. The, the Lego, Lego movie. movie. Mm. Have better, you seen that better, movie? Yeah, better. That movie's hilarious. But depending on like what you want in a movie, it could be. Right. You know, that's... I think Planet Earth as a whole went downhill after that release. Lego movie? Mm -hmm. That was the peak. That was when we're all going to hell in a handbasket? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Also, can we talk about that phrase for a second? It's my least favorite thing of all time. (laughs) I hate walking into places and they'll be like, this culture needs to change! It needs to change now! And it's like, bro... Can we talk about how the first family on Earth, if you believe Adam and Eve, like, killed themselves? You know? Brother against brother? Since day five! I don't know, bro. The world's always had stuff going on. People are, have always been people who are just more access to more of what's going on. So oh, it's like, oh, that's we, we also need to make a change. a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a really good point. Not excusing human right. behavior. Right. But just acknowledging where we've been at and where we're going <laughs> yeah and i think the more and more i mean and this will probably happen to us too the, the older we get the more estranged we will become to the ways of the world and we're just like you kind of have to take a step of humility and be like i really have no idea what's going on but it's yeah 100 percent of the time i have no idea what's going on dude i really feel that way too especially being in school come on talk to him praise him Anyways, but anywho, we're gabbling for too long. Thanks for being on here. I love you lots. You're the best. And I will see you later. Bye-bye.